Hey, we're in the middle of a series right now called Ah. Uh, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. You are a good God. You are an awesome God. And we are so grateful that you call every single person on this planet to be a part of your kingdom because you love us. You want to share your love with us. God, help us to see you in a new way today. In Jesus' name. Somebody say really loud, Amen. amen. Oh, yeah, y'all are good. That was pretty good. Let's do that again. That was fun. Somebody say amen. amen. I kind of feel like, you know, a, a, a guy, you know, leading a late night show, his band's behind him, and he just does that, and they just follow. It's just fun. It feels really good. Um, hey, our series scripture today comes from Psalms 47 and 2. It says, for the Lord most high is awesome. Somebody say Awesome. He is the great king of all the earth. In this series last week, we, we started by answering the question, what is awe? And we learned a few things about it. By the way, if you weren't here, you can hop online, you can get our podcast, and you can check out the message that way. But we learned that awe has a couple meanings uh, in relation to God, his presence, and his power. The first thing that we learned as we looked at some original words of this word awe is we learned that this word awe actually means terrifying. Uh, it means that God's presence and his power, it, it is so huge, it is so powerful that if we were to see him face to face, we would actually be in awe to the extent of being terrified. It would be pretty scary. That's why the angels, when they came often in the Bible and uh, meet mankind or God came in the form of an angel, that people were terrified. And the first thing the angels would say, would, they would say what? Fear not, because it was terrifying, it was powerful. And at the same time, we think about this word awe, it has a second meaning. The other meaning is actually the word awe is translated to the word amazing. This word amazing talks about his presence is so amazing that it does something really cool. It actually compels you and draws you into him. And, and I believe that the Bible says that his, his love, we're to compel people by his love because his love is amazing. And it draws people in. It wants them to come close. And as this, this awe draws us in, it actually changes us. And it moves people from places of unbelief to belief. That's what his love is like. It's so powerful. You, you begin to, to consider things and believe things about God that, that your mind would never let you, allow you to believe before. And it's just because he is amazing. You know, last week we gave this, uh, this story, I'm going to do it really quickly this morning, to try to give you a picture of his awe that it's kind of dual. There's a couple things going on. And it would be like us thinking about the sun. The sun is so powerful that if it got close to the earth, it would actually obliterate and destroy the earth because it is so hot, it is so powerful, it is so bright, and the fire burns strong. Yet, when the sun is tempered and it's, and it's pulled away from the earth at the perfect distance, on a really cool morning, as the sun comes up and comes through the, crack, the clouds, it can come and bring a gentle warming on the surface of your skin, and you get those little goosebumps. Anybody ever had that before? You're like cold, and you walk out on the sun, and you're like, Ew. you know, you even shake. You even tremble a little bit, but it's like, ah, oh, it's a good trembling. It, it feels so good. It's the sun. It's so powerful, yet it's so gentle. When we think of God, he is full of awe. He is full of both power, and he's full of this gentle, compelling love. Today, the title of the message is Rhythms of Awe. 
we're going to answer the question today as we talk, how do we actually stay in awe? When we talk about awe today, I'm going to be talking about the second awe that we talked about, not the terrifying one, but the compelling one. How do we come to a place that we stay in awe of God in a way that we are constantly persuaded of him, constantly persuaded by his love, constantly compelled by his love? Anybody want to stay in that kind of awe? I'll tell you what, it's a hard place to stay in uh, because we get in our day and, and we start our morning and we, the moment we try to wake up the teenagers and they don't wake up, like the awe goes away. Like we're not in awe of humans anymore. We're like suddenly like angry. And, and But how many of you would like to go in the midst of all that, how can I say in awe of you, God? The reason why I decided to call this Rhythms of Awe, I, I just, I love music. Any, any music lovers in the house? I love beats. I love music. I love rhythms. And uh, God sometimes talks to me through the things that I'm passionate about, but I called it the rhythms of awe. How many of you know that there's something that makes a rhythm a good rhythm? And when you're a musician, here's what makes a rhythm a good one, is that when the rhythm is consistent. Any, anybody like worship really good when the band's struggling and like the drummer's offbeat and the bass player's offbeat and the piano player who's always intends to be the leader is like looking around at everybody like, what is going on? Any, does that feel good in anybody's soul? No, a good, consistent, strong beat and one with a little bit of variety is a good rhythm. It's like... Um, Musicians talk about this scene called the pocket. And when you get locked into the pocket, it's like everybody is in perfect sync. Everyone is solid. Everybody's playing different beat patterns, but everything is locked in and it's solid and it feels so good. There's another kind of a rhythm that is not consistent at all. It doesn't feel good to the soul. Nobody is in the pocket. Nobody's locked in rhythm. But I want you to know that we can stand in awe from time to time in moments and in moments. And some of you may live like that. I, I live like that. There's certain moments where I feel like I'm in awe. And a lot of times it could be in a Sunday morning service when I'm worshiping and when I hear the word or maybe when I'm in prayer. But the Lord said to me this. He said, Sean, he said, I don't want you to just stand in awe from moment to moment. I want you to stay in awe. And that's the type of living that we're going to talk about today. How do we move from standing in awe in moments, but actually staying in awe, staying in the pocket, learning how to get into his rhythm of staying amazed? You know, um, I was riding my bike uh, the other day, and uh, the Lord was like, Sean, um, I, I want you to teach you something really. I want you to show you something. He said, my awe has a frequency. Um, again, music lover, he's like always talking to me and things that I love. And, and sometimes when I'm riding my bike, I have to be careful because it's really hot outside. And, and on a really hot day when you get dehydrated, how many of you know, like, when you're dehydrated, you start getting crazy? You, you actually can see things that aren't there. You can think things that you would never think before. So I have to kind of temper what he tells me during that time or what I think he's telling me. Like, am I, am I going crazy right now or is God talking to me? This time he was talking to me. He said, Sean, my free, my, there's frequency in my awe and I need you to increase the frequency. I was like, all right, Lord, what do you mean by that? Just talk to me. Just talk to me, daddy. So he said this. He said, he said, Sean, frequency has a couple things. And you can write these down. They're not in your notes. He said, frequency in terms of the rate of speed. When you talk about sound waves, sound waves, they all have a, a different rate of speed and, or a different rhythm about them. And so in music, when you're thinking about a sound wave, here's what it looks like and sounds like all at the same time. It goes, 
wow, wow, wow. And when an when instrument is off key, it's going wow, 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 wow. It's not a smooth rhythm. It's not a consistent rhythm. And here's what a consistent rhythm does. It goes and you're locked in. And he said, my awe has a frequency. And some of you are living in wow, Some of you are living in and out of awe. You're not locked into my frequency. It's a consistency. It's not in awe sometimes and out others or in and out. It's a consistency. And then the Lord said, there's another thing about frequency that I want you to know is that not only is it a rate of speed thing, it's also a range of hearing. Uh, Anybody, um, where's the old school people at? Because like you new school people, you only know about the digital displays on radios. But us old school people, we had this radio with knobs on it. And then if you were really cool, like even underneath, you had an EQ and saw like, like under the dashboard, rigged up on there there with like this full scope of EQing. You had like, like 10 options of, of lows to mids and you had this mid section and then the high section. We got any old school people up in the house. You had one of those rigged up. On, I had one, man. I had this old junked up old car in this beat up old EQ, man. I threw this thing in. I just took bolts and just screwed it right into, right into my dashboard and, and it looked like junk, but it made my system sound good. The Lord said this. Um, he said, I want you to increase your ability to hear different frequencies. The human ear can hear from 20 to 20,000 hertz. Now, when you're unsick, when you're sick or you have an unhealthy ear, you can't hear all the frequencies. Your ears kind of stopped up. There's, there's certain frequencies that you're deaf to. He said, I want you to hear all my frequencies. I want you to even learn how to listen to the frequencies that are hard to hear. See, some of you, like you go to the treble button, you know, well, you did a digital display, but you you go to the treble settings and and some of you turn them down because it's too piercing. Anybody do that? And then you go to those low, low settings and you turn them down because you don't like how they hear. I'm the guy who turns them both up both treble and bass. I mean, I want to hear all the highs. I want to hear all the lows. Thump it, blow my ears out, shake my body. Let's do this. This is like, let's go. And and the Lord said, he said, I want you to hear all my frequencies. There are some frequencies that are more pleasant than others, but I want you to move you past those pleasant frequencies, those ones that are nice. And I I want you to learn how to stay in awe and and even, even begin to tolerate and be okay with some of those hard frequencies when I ask you to do hard things or when I call you to do hard things and, and, and I ask you to hear the cries of lost people and, and the pleasant frequencies in that are when it's, when it's your family and friends, like it's, it's easy to hear those cries and we're gonna pray for them and we're gonna, our heart is gonna be turned and we're gonna be in awe of God and we're gonna pray but, but when, when the hard range frequencies come and, and, and you're, you're hearing the cries of somebody that you don't understand very well, somebody that believes different than you, somebody that sees life different than you, somebody who um, maybe if you were sitting in a jury and, and they were a murderer, you would have to give them the, 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 uh, the sentence of a, of a life sentence, maybe even that person, that, and then you think that they deserve that life sentence and, and how would God love them? And it's impossible. They've done horrible. They've been terrible things. But God says, I want to increase your frequency and I'm going to Turn something up so that when you see something that looks bad, you could still see 
worth in somebody. And you could still see my love in somebody. And this is just a journey, y'all. This whole frequency, this frequency of hearing, this is not like, um, this is not a temperature of how spiritual you are. You know, we don't get to go, I can hear all of these frequencies. God bless me. God really loves me. I'm so much more mature than everybody. It's not about that. That's not what it's about at all. It's about being on a journey to hear the heartbeat of God and staying in awe of him. Well, if we're going to stay in awe, I want, to, I want to submit three things to you today. Number one, we can stay in a rhythm of awe by staying curious, staying curious. We've got to keep our wonder. I think perhaps this is one of the reasons why children are wowed so often. How many, how many of you have ever like brought a child up and you've been from place to place with them and they're like constantly wow that and they're asking why and, and they want to know everything and they're, they're so amazed when they walk into Disneyland, they're the ones freaking out. You're freaking out, but they freak out first. They're wild first. They they want more and they want to see more. It's because there's a curiosity about children. And when adults or teachers speak something into a heart of a child, children grab onto that. They They have so much faith and so much trust. I think that's one of the reasons why Matthew captured the words of Jesus. And he said, Jesus said this, unless you change and become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus wants us to remain curious and in awe and full of faith that no matter what the Father says, we go, okay, yeah. And and when we grab onto that kind of a faith, it will help us stay in awe of God. See, our curiosities keep us in wonder. Our curiosities keep us searching. They make us want to understand more. And whenever we knock, he opens the door and we find more. And when we grab onto what he says with childlike faith and continue on, it will help us stay in a place of awe. If we lose our wonder and we lose our curiosity, we risk losing the frequency of awe. We risk losing the full range of hearing. We risk losing the frequency of our hearing. It's like stepping out of the pocket of consistency and losing the rhythms of awe. The next way that we can stay in a rhythm of awe is by slowing down. In Psalms 23, I think King David had it right. Uh, Early in his life, he was a shepherd. And he said this in Psalms 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Here's the interesting thing about slowing down. When we slow down and we see him clearly, we can say things like David said, I lack nothing. Now, I don't know about you, but he was a shepherd. And as he hung out in the field, how many know that being a shepherd out in the field, there's not a lot of glory in that job. You're in the weather all day. You're around stinky sheep all day. You're having to do nasty stuff with the sheep and you're having to keep them healthy. You're having to do weird things to the sheep to keep them healthy so they don't die on you. And you're having to go from one place to the, to the next and, and you don't have a lot of other human interaction. And in all that, King David said, I lack nothing. When we are out of rhythm, we see life through the lens of lack. When we're not in the rhythm of awe, we think things like, God, I need more peace because there's not enough calm around me. And although there may not be enough calm around you, you have all the peace you need, the Father says. You may be seeing through the lens of lack and you may be thinking, well, I need more protection. And, And the brain is constantly thinking, why is this happening to me? There's nothing wrong for asking those questions, by the way. 
We're not fully in awe in that moment. And maybe the mind says, I, I, I need more provision because I have lack. And we're constantly thinking we need more people and more relationships to love us and, and more things to share our love with. And we need maybe more influence or, or we're thinking we need more time. I need more time. But there's something beautiful about slowing down. When we slow down and we see him, we can look around at all the things that other people would see as lack and we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't lack anything. It might look like to you that I lack a lot, but I lack nothing. King David goes on and he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. David says, the father slows me down. Because he knows in slowing me down, it is good for me. When I'm rushing, I cannot stay in a rhythm of awe because I'm offbeat and I'm out of the pocket. See, everything in our body, our soul, and our spirit, it all wears down. All of it, it all wears down when we're out of the pocket. How many know we got to stop and eat? If we don't stop and eat, we're going to wear down. We got to stop and sleep. If we don't stop and sleep, we're going to go crazy. He knows that slowing you down is good for you. And then next, David says, so in slowing me down, he leads me beside the quiet waters. And he does something to me while I'm there. He refreshes my soul. First, he slows me. Then when he slows me, he leads me somewhere. And he leads me to somewhere very quiet. And in that place, he refreshes me. Outside of his quiet I want to submit to you today that it's very hard to be refreshed. If you are feeling not fresh today, there's nothing wrong with you. You just might need to experience some slowing down and you might need to experience his quiet. When is the last time that you've slowed down and he's brought you to a quiet place? It's in the quiet that he keeps us in the rhythm of awe. Or it's in the quiet that he puts us back in the rhythms of awe, where we can go, I lack nothing, and he is great. He's led me to this quiet place to show himself to me so that I could stop worrying, so that I could realize that I can be at peace even with all this, and I have everything that I need even though it looks like I don't. And then... When we do that, we can experience this next part. It says, he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. You can stop questioning where you're at in life. And you can go, I'm in his quiet place, his perfect place. And when I'm there, he guides me to the right places. I don't ever have to worry that I'm not where I need to be. I can be okay right where I'm at. Because he has you there for his kingdom's sake. There was a man in the Bible in 1 Kings 19 and 12. Um, His name was Elijah, and and he knew about this quiet thing. The Bible describes him. uh, He he was used to hearing God in these big, booming places, and God was going to give him some instruction, but he said, Elijah, I want you to to go over here, and and when you get over there, I'm going to speak to you. And, And Elijah went, and he was waiting for those big, booming moments that God had always spoke to him in the past, but God wasn't there. The Bible says towards the end of this verse, you could see it in here in Kings, it says, after the fire came, because he was used to seeing God in big earthquakes and in the big fire, it said, after the fire came, here's what came next, a still, small voice. Other translations say, a gentle whisper. 
This word still, the original word, actually means sheer silence. God wants to get you into sheer silence so he can restore your soul. Take small moments of quiet. It doesn't need to be a lot of moments. Take small moments of quiet during your break. Take two minutes of silence at work and just be quiet. Listen to the rhythms of your heart and be in awe that your heart beats without your control or your power. Be in awe because you can breathe in and out and it's something that just your brain knows how to do it because he's amazing. And just sit in one of those moments and thank him for how incredible he is. Do it at lunchtime. Uh, if you've had a long day at work, drive up into, the, into your home and pull into the driveway or the garage and stop before you go in the house. And you're all stressed out about work, just pause. Take two minutes and let him reset you so that you can get in awe, go into your home, love on your family. The next thing I wanna submit to you today about staying in awe um, is next we can stay in awe by seeing clearly. You can't do this third one without doing the first two. We cannot see clearly unless we're staying curious and we're slowing down. But when we have done those two things, we can actually see clearly. Did you know that there are things that you can see while being still that you can't see while moving? There's a picture we're gonna put up on the screen. If you're a photographer in the house, I might get this wrong, so, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not like a photo person, but I know enough to know that the only way you can get a picture like that is by doing something called slowing down the shutter speed. That's how quick the, the shutter opens and closes and lets light in. And if you have a slow shutter speed, all you're going to see is uh, one, two, three, four, five. It's five people standing there with a sparkler in their hand, and because their hand is moving so fast, you're going to see a person standing there with a blurry hand and this blurry little light. You won't be able to see the message. You won't be able to see clearly. You won't be able to know the intention of their heart. They're saying, happy 4th of July. <laughs> but you can only know that by slowing down the shutter speed and looking a little deeper. We can stay in awe by seeing his creation also. Romans 1, 19 and 20 says, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. So in other words, humanity, they've been looking around, looking at the earth and sky and all of God's wonders and all of his creation. And then it says this, through everything God has made, how much has he made? Everything he has made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. Have you ever thought about that before? Have you ever thought about closing the Bible and looking at his creation to learn about him? Have you ever thought about pausing on the edge of an ocean or at the top of a mountain or the edge of a canyon or the side of a lake and just pondering and looking at how amazing his beauty is and asking him, Lord, show me something about you as I look at this because your word says that I can see your invisible qualities by the things that your hand made. Pause and look up at the skies and stare at the stars. Psalm 68 or 65, eight says, those who live at the ends of the earth and stand in awe of your wonders from where the sun rises to the where the sun sets, you inspire with shouts of joy. 
You need a little joy in your life. Get up in the morning and watch the sun rise. Or go outside at about 8.45, 8.55 at night and watch the sunset in Texas and look at the beautiful sky and stand in awe of God. When you slow down, see, when you're in rush, you don't take time to do those things. But when you slow down, you can stop and appreciate all that he has made. And the more you slow down and ponder him in his creation and attribute what you see to God, the more you can stay in awe. But if you go... Yeah, cool, man, so beautiful. Yeah, cool. But if you stop and you go, wow, God, wow, God, wow, God, you can stay in a place of awe because he's put his creation all around you. You can look at the trees. You can look at the dirt. You can look at grass. Oh, my gosh, man, grass. I mean, you can mow your lawn in awe of God. You can edge your lawn in awe of God, and you can find that one perfect patch of green grass. Pastor Chris taught me this. And and no matter how ugly the rest of it is, you could just stare at that one beautiful piece of grass and just go, my lawn is amazing. You can stay in awe also by seeing his mercy, our last thing, by seeing his mercy. The psalmist said in, in 17, in Psalm 17 and 7, it says, magnify the marvels of your mercy to all who seek him. I, I don't know. God, God just says like weird things to me. Or I, I see things in scripture and I just sit there and I'll just write down and, and I went, whoa. I would have never thought about this before, but, but God, you're showing me something so cool about your awe and the value of slowing down and seeing. He says, magnify the marble of your mercy. Have you ever tried to, to mag- see, have anything magnified while you're in a hurry? Like, have you ever like grabbed a telescope? Like, it doesn't work that way. That was like so dorky, like utter dorkiness. And have you ever grabbed binoculars that magnify things that are really far away and grab them and, and, and run? It doesn't work. The only way something can be magnified is if you stop and you slow down and you, you grab and you look and your eye's not going, and your head's not moving. Your eye's just going, slowly, and it makes that noise. For those of you who are weird like me, is that the eyeball moves around and you can see things that you can never see when you were in a hurry because you've slowed down. So the psalmist says, magnify the marvels. The psalmist says, slow down. Slow down and see. Slow down and marvel, wonder at his mercies. When's the last time you stopped and thought about the day of your salvation? When is the last time you stopped and thought about where you should be without his grace? This, the word mercy, a simple way of describing mercy is that, is that when you don't get what you do deserve. See, all of humanity, we, we deserve eternity in hell separated from God because of our sin. But magnify your mercies. Help me to see how much I actually deserve that apart from you. I, I, I deserve hell a lot apart from him. There's no other reason why I would deserve to be in heaven. It's apart from him. Apart from his mercies, I have nothing. But magnify your mercy. If you, if you have been saved for a really long time and it's really hard for you to see what your life was like, and it's not a matter of your life being bad. It's a matter of your life separated from God, your life before you were a believer. Stop and think for a moment, what would happen if his mercy was lifted off of you? you would spend eternity in hell. 
The psalmist says, magnify the marvels of your mercy to all who seek you. Wow. The writer says, slow down. Look, let it be big. Be in awe. Be wowed at his amazing grace. Be wowed at his mercy. And then he continues on. He says, make your pure one Jesus wonderful to me. When you stay in awe and you let him be magnified and you see him for who he is, your heart is always saying, Jesus is wonderful to me. I don't care what's happening around me, but Jesus is wonderful to me. I don't care if it looks like I have lack or it looks like there's no peace. He is wonderful to me. I stay in a place of awe. We don't have to settle for a life of inconsistent rhythms of awe. But we can stay in a place of awe. When we stay curious, we slow down, we see clearly. Our takeaway today is God can increase our frequency of awe as we stay curious, slow down, and see him clearly. Perhaps we will stay in awe.